I sat down with this next guest just two days ago, and I really wanted to drop this episode as soon as possible because the things that we end up talking about are really pertinent for the energies that are happening on the planet today and are so relevant for anyone. I don't care if you've been in religion or not in religion. This podcast episode is a really fascinating episode to really dive into some of the energetics that are happening on the planet, epigenetics, some really, really beautiful topics. So I'm excited to share this next episode that I had with Karen. But before we dive in, I have a really exciting offering that just came through as I was preparing for my inner guru activation, which by the way, was a beautiful call. So everyone that stepped into that space, it was a stunning, stunning space. But it came very clear that there's so many of us and so many of you right now that are looking for a way to have community support of of how to really hone in and activate more of your gifts, how to use it in a day-to-day basis, how to actually use it in business. And so this group, if if any of those little things sound like you, this group is for you. It's starting November 27th, and this is only $222 each month for three months. We will have a two-week break over the holidays. We're going to meet every Sunday through Zoom at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and then there'll be days daily conversations that we'll get to have probably through WhatsApp. But this is really a place of networking, of community, of growth, of how to get to where you're wanting to go. And so if this is something that you are feeling the call to, head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash elevated mastermind and join our group today. This is starting November 27th and it feels like a really phenomenal group that's already coming together. So I'm excited to share this with you. So with all of that, let's dive into this interview that I had with Karen Terez. So I'm hitting record because as we're starting this podcast, we're just starting sitting chatting. We're talking about the astrals and talking about we're recording this on Halloween. Yeah. Sawin. Yes. And we're both on our Halloween clothes. If you're watching on YouTube, I've got my Sanderson sister shirt on. If the shoe fits. Yeah, if the shoe fits. And we're talking about how t- I'm like, I am so tired today. Yeah. So my tired. body, the whole body is tired. Everybody's like moving up in a cellular level. Like it started with ten ten, being in a really intense retrograde season right before that. With um, like seven planets. I think it was so, yeah. And in September, we're all in retrograde, and retrograde is just this beautiful time where we get to look at what the planets normally mean and like turn that around on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So. Lots of shadow work, lots of contracts coming back up, lots of just like endings that then are leading into new beginnings. And it's like our mental state and our emotional state are good. And now our physical body is like, oh, what the hell? (laughs) Well, and then we were just talking about the eclipse energy. So we just went through one eclipse. Yeah. So we had a partial eclipse uh, last week. And that was a solar eclipse and it was visible in like Europe and the Middle East, Africa and parts of Asia. This, the lunar eclipse that's coming up though on 11, eight, which is election day in America is visible through North America. So it'll be like a full blood moon first ever on an election night. That's so interesting. Which this is a midterm election, which is usually pretty high intensity, which is all I talk about nowadays. Right. Politics. I love that you have Even that as a metaphysician and all the things. Um, and then you have 
also the 1111 portal coming through. And then we have another solar, partial solar at it, like the beginning of December or something. So we have so many eclipses coming through. And so just crazy. Realizing that when those happen too, it's, it's inward, it's purging. It's the word that keeps coming to me is the word threshold, like where mm-hmm. I get to just choose an entirely different reality. Uh, when I was thinking about this with a friend the other day, it was literally like I was in her living room and I walked into her kitchen and I was like, why do we keep walking into the kitchen and assuming that we're in the living room? We're like mad that we don't have the couch. I just came from the living room. I don't actually want to be in the living room. <laughs> I want to be in the kitchen and I want to cook myself a meal and I want to explore this new room. But I walk into it over and over and over again over all the spiritual lessons that I've learned being the nomadic <laughs> spiritualist that I've been my whole life. And I keep looking for the living room. Yeah. And it's like, no, we get to, we get to like play in the kitchen for a while and like go make witchy brews and see what kind of delicious meals we can make for ourselves. Well, I think one of the pieces that has, for me, that has been coming through is I love that we're actually just diving into this and then we'll, we'll, we'll actually get more into your story and and your background. But, um, you know, it is like this, good God, ever since I think 20, when 2020, leading up to 2020, it started getting intense with the astrals, right? Everything in the astrals have just intensified. Mm-hmm. And there's no question that we are affected from things that happen in the solars, like with the solar eclipses, with right. the whatever the planets are doing, like we are affected by it, some more dramatically than others. Right. Well, what we were saying right before too, with the election day is that Venus is entering Libra for the first time since 1880. So the last time Venus was in Libra, it was from 1770 to 1880. That was the time that we had two revolutions, the American Revolution that then immediately led to the French Revolution that literally changed the course of human history forever. Hmm. And we're still playing games, though, the way that we did. And honestly, like the whole chapter in the book... um, Magdalene Codes that I was just co-authored in was literally my love letter to Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I love you. Um, (laughs) And how it just sparked so much like inside of me of like, but we're doing things that the founding fathers would be so irritated about when it comes to scrutiny and security and trading our freedoms for alleged safety and policing the world and all of the things that we do. And it's like, why, where are the founding mothers? Where are the women that have been witchy weirdos for the last decade or two mm-hmm. that are willing to be like, you know what? There's never been a mother in the White House, but mm-hmm. we're expected to take ho- care of every other household. Like, come on, we need to shift the paradigm. Yeah. We got to shift it. And Venus entering Libra is literally telling us that on a massive global scale, the last time she was in this sign, we did have an entire huge worldwide revolution that was based in love and freedom mm-hmm. not in power and power dominion. and oppression and money and oligarchy which is what we've been dealing with yeah just such an interesting thought i so i'm i am working on a oh this is a long story so i'm like how do i shorten this I love speaking. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm hiring a speaking coach to prepare. Like I'm doing a whole thing to go, like go and try and apply to be on TEDx stages. And what it's about how you're not your story. But one of the topics that I'm bringing up is the world stage. And I think it's really fascinating that our plan, our country, 
the United States is, is the slogan is home of the free mm -hmm. because of the brave, mm -hmm. which then implies that we have to always be brave because there's something to fight. So even in our wiring, so, cause I think what you and I are saying, and I think what is happening in the whole planet is really pushing us to look at the programs that we have been holding for so long mm -hmm. that have been through our lineage for generations right. that are asking to be unwound. These stories of you have to be brave because you've got to fight for something. Freedom actually not free you have to fight for it which right, is not there's true there's always a sacrifice right. right there's the reason why we're free is because our men and women go over yeah. seas and fight or they defend the homeland like I'm all for having a security system right like I am totally okay if I have my house and I've got my Vivint and I hook it up doo -doo -doo -doo, uh -huh. and like there, somebody's gonna show up if I'm attacked the issue that I've always had for years at this point is like why do we feel that we have the right to constantly be in other people's backyards, mm -hmm. right? And that's not promoting sovereignty and not promoting freedom. It's yeah. promoting sacrifice. It's promoting, again, that bravery, like, oh, I have to be the tough dog. Instead of like, what if things get, like, what if it gets to be easier? Well, or that I even have to always be fighting. Like, always I always have be to be fighting, prepared for a fight. Prepared that I can't just assume that the security system's going to work. I have to be, like, walking my own security lines yeah. all the time or going over to the neighbors. Like, when you start to zoom in and zoom out some of the things we do on a national or global scale and what that would look like in your own personal life, mm -hmm. you're like, this doesn't rectify. I would never act that way now, and yet... I will turn blue in the face defending why my country or my whatever, my party should do this, that, and the third. And it's like, no, you don't. You're, you are, you have conflicting beliefs that you were probably taught. Yeah. You were given them. And like, I don't know if you know the, the thing about the ham. I don't know. This is a story my mom always tells to, to push this in. Like husband goes having dinner and his wife cuts the, the ham on both sides. He's like, why do you do that? She's like, I don't know. It's the way my mom always did it. Mm -hmm. Mom comes over for dinner, happens to be the one that they're making ham for. Why do you do that? Oh, no, I don't know. It's the way my mom always did it. She just always cut the ham ends off. Yeah. Call up granny. Hey, granny, why do you cut both ends off the ham? Oh, well, my pa it didn't fit in my pan unless I did that. Oh, it didn't fit in the pan. And that's it. Like, yeah. The reason why her, gra her the grandmother did it was because it didn't fit in the pan unless she cut the ends off the ham because of back in the day, right? But the daughter and then the granddaughter just did it. And they're like, it's just because granny did it that yeah. way. We do that with money. We do that with sex. We do that with religion. We do everything. that with literally everything. And the cool thing is, as soon as you're aware of that, you get to be like, all of my skills of dissociation and childhood trauma now get to be beneficial. Right. Because I can dissociate from all of those beliefs too. And now your story isn't a story of trauma. Yeah. Your story is one of like, I wrote the most epic, legendary myth that I could imagine mm -hmm. and became, I wasn't, I didn't become the queen became the freaking dragon. Like, come on, don't mess. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess. Well, and I think this ties really beautifully into religion, right? When people yeah. step out of religion, which of course is what this podcast is and right. the navigating out, out of it, it is a lot of those constructs that we're speaking of that I have to fight for my freedom. And I now just stepped out of a construct where I didn't feel free. Mm -hmm. Now I'm free. My people that I know are still in it. So I have to be really defensive. Mm -hmm. I have to almost get aggressive and right. get 
get a little bit angry because I have there's something to fight for. And I think that that is part of the programs that we're talking about that probably actually there, there's religion, religion and wars and sovereignty has always been so intertwined. Right. Yeah. Because way back in the day, you believe in like even the <laughs> Romans and the Greeks didn't always agree, even though they existed very different times. You just look at history and yeah, it's which God do you believe in? How many gods do you believe in? Um, oh, and you'll be killed if you don't believe in the yeah. certain religion of the monarchy at, in the land at the time. Yeah, exactly. And or you're going to be pushed away. And then you have the whole things of like, why do we have infant mortality rates so high all of a sudden skyrocketing in the 16, 17, 1800s? You killed all your midwives because you burned all the witches. Yeah. Right? Like you have these correlations with my insane nerdiness that is my brain. These maps that like are timelines yeah. that like this is related to maybe oil and other resources and then the birth rate. And then what were we doing with this? And where was the religion? And they all just overlay in my brain in this weird way of like, yeah, when you start talking about just freedom, religion, sovereignty, resources in general, it's always coming down to who has the power instead of who can be of most service. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have that beautiful picture from 1965, the first photo of the world from up there. uh And you're like, there is literally no borders. There are no little black lines on the ground painted on the, even if you drive, into Utah from Arizona right now. There's not like a straight line. There's like a sign. And then there's another sign a half mile right. like down the road. You're like, which one is the border? Right. Or the you are four- now entering Utah. Yeah. Or the four corners yeah. is like, has been moved like three different times. Uh. Right. And it's just because it's all fake. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's all a facade. The religions and all of that, all they're doing is trying to give you a concept like we as a little human mind, how do we explain the vastness of the universe? Yeah. But it came into fear and scarcity. It Mm -hmm. came into survival mode. And we are in this beautiful time where a lot of us don't have to think about surviving anymore. Yeah. We're in a place where we're rewiring our amygdalas. We're rewiring Mm -hmm. our hippocampus. We're so many parts of our brain to thrive. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that's going to then be passed down seven generations, yeah. right? If we're epigenetics tells us we're seven generations deep, whatever seven generations ago was feeling, we're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But our ability to switch that and change it all the way on a DNA level, actually by adding NLP and all the other different beautiful practices we have that we can scientifically prove mm-hmm. are changing us. So all of the naysayers, like my father, can be like, here, Mr. Vulcan Robot Mind, I have data for you, <laughs> and you cannot what are you going to say crazy now? mystic hippie anymore. Right. Right? And that's the other thing, too. Our science is catching up to mysticism. Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. Our science is finally being able to prove things that witches were burned for uh-huh. 400 years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love I love that we're talking about this and I and I want to kind of dive into your background and your story because your story is unique especially being here in Utah. So you're raised Catholic. Yeah, I was born Catholic in California, LA in 88. And just, but my parents were the musicians yeah. of the church. Like that was it. They were the church musicians. We went, my mom was in the choir. Dad was a guitarist. We moved to Utah in 92. We found the closest parish. Mom and dad always found a way to get into it. I don't know. Their victim mentality is 
blaming, justification, and complaining. Those are what I was raised with. Yeah. So we would move to another parish. I don't know what went down there. And all of a sudden, I find myself no longer going to Catholic school, but going to the public school. And I find myself not going to Catholic church, but going to the Unitarian Universalist Society. Unit, wait, Unitarian Universalist yeah. Society. I have never heard of that. Yes. What is so, that? Unitarian Universalism is a... That is a mouthful. It is. Unitarian yeah. I went Universalism. to South Valley Unitarian Universalist Society in Cottonwood Heights. <laughs> S-V-U-U-S for short. Um, South Valley for even shorter, honestly. And there's another church in Salt Lake City, First Unitarian Church, across from the Rice Eccles Stadium. Okay. Like 13th and 4th over there. And... There, it's a non-dogmatic spiritual congregation that is based in seven principles that are off the top of my head. I can't remember them all, but essentially like rooted in you have the right to your own spiritual path mm-hmm. and we as a congregation will support you in that. Mm-hmm. Um, respect for every individual person and the integrity thereof. Um, the right to the democratic process within our congregations and society at large. Uh, and respect for the interdependent web of life of which we're all a part. Hmm. And then lots of uh, several others that are like the truth and meaning of your own personal life. Hmm. We a lot of beauty in it. Yeah. For that. So yeah. like my, one of my Sunday school teachers was like Jewish with like had the Jewish background, hmm. right? My parents were more pagan, earth-based religion. So like tonight is Samhain. Tonight's the third night of Samhain. Hmm. The first night was the 29th with the night of the plants. And then the 30th is the night of the animals. Hmm. And then the 31st is the night of the ancestors. But in the Unitarian church, they even actually teach the teenagers um, in junior high and high school, neighboring faiths is what it's called. Hmm. So we actually would learn about a different faith and this was 2001, 2002, where it like intense stuff going on in the world yeah. with the faiths. And we were showing up to mosques and we were showing up to synagogue and we were going to Greek Orthodox Church and going to the cathedral. And the only church, though, that we never visited was the Mormon church. And you're in Utah. And I'm in Utah. How interesting is that? And it's because I found out later, because so many Unitarians in Utah are ex-Mormons, that it was too, they were like, we're not even going to let you. Well, that backfired on them, because if they had let me in, I wouldn't have had this like unsatiated craving to understand the one church that everyone seemed to be a part of, but they didn't let me into, because I rebelled and became Mormon when I was 16 you did. for 18 months. How funny. That was my rebellion against my parents was by becoming Mormon. I had a crush on some boy. He got his ironic priesthood. I'm an empath. Didn't realize it at the time. Would go to church, feel the spirit. Always had the most delicious roast beef after fast right? Sunday. You know what I mean? Like it's a beautiful community and there's so much goodness that can be there, especially as an only child in Utah, no family, hmm. like, being able to get invited to gatherings and just like really feel like this sense of family, like family home evenings was like the most revolutionary yeah. concept to my teenage Aww. brain at the time. Yeah. But 
it took me 18 months to get kicked out. <laughs> like, I didn't just leave. Like, they they asked me to leave. They're like, like thank you. You keep but asking we'll- too much about Holy Mother, and we keep asking you to stop asking about it in Relief Society. So we need you to stop, or we need you to stop coming to our singles ward. And I was like, okay, well, I'll stop coming, but can you make sure you expunge me from your records? Yeah, interesting. And, like, they, nope, they didn't. They still, my home ward still sends me things on my birthday and still sends Still me to this day? Yeah, I haven't done the official paperwork. Oh. You need to go get on that. I know. I mean, you I don't know. have to. I don't, do like, it's just one of those things of, like, it was so easy for me to get in. Mm-hmm. Missionaries, like, at, like uh, in six weeks. Yeah. As a teenager. And my parents had my me tell their friend like my dad's best friend was a bishop. He's like, go see if Karen's testimony is true or not. Well, of course the bishop's going to say my testimony is true. I'm another tick on the mark. Yeah. Like, Cause that's how I was treated yeah. immediately afterwards in high school. That was my junior year of high school last summer. Like so good. And then by the middle of senior year, all those friends had dropped me. Aww. All those friends acted like I was just this super weirdo. I was highly depressed, suicidal, oh, all shoot. of these things because I thought that I had found people and they had found a way for them to, I don't know how they teach y'all in there, but it really felt like they were trying to like do a duty that they've been taught. Like, oh, your job is to go convert as many people and do Mm -hmm. it through as much manipulation and whatever is possible. Because I don't know how people can live with themselves knowing that someone's walking around suicidal because you stopped talking to them because they changed wards to their home ward because it was just closer Right. Or all the people at my home ward who didn't accept me when I went there. Cause I, oh, Karen's Mormon now, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think I told you the story of when I started school after being in Catholic school, fourth grade, someone moved in next door and I was like, oh, sweet. I'm not going to be the only new kid at school. And I get to school the first day of fourth grade and everyone already knows who Ryan is. And I'm like, this is not fair. Like, how can he was like, not smart, not cute. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to just call it what, like I had so much potential to like, for it to be an even match of who was going to get the popular kid spot. It took me years to realize he had moved in during the summer. He had had all summer to go to the ward. He had all summer to hang out with his friends. Uh Yeah. That's it. And I never clicked. I'd lived in the same house since 92. Didn't have friends in the neighborhood. Wasn't being invited to the potlucks around the, like, nothing. We had a literal X. I remember going to my home ward and seeing the map for the missionaries. And there was, like, a big giant X on my dad's house. And I was like, what's that for? And they're like, oh, man, the guy who lives there is so mean. Oh, like, And I'm like, I'm sure that 1993 (laughs) David Norton is not impressed with the amount of Mormons, like, knocking on his door when he first moved in. Like, Uh I, yeah, okay. I had. (laughs) Fair. I don't I don't get missionaries that come to my house. I mean, my records are removed and everything. But um, I had missionaries come one day and it was after I started this podcast. And they're these cute kids, you know, they're young. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we're here to da da da. I'm like, I know exactly who you are. And there's that part of me that's like, they wanted to know if they could share. And I, I was on that fence of do I let them in or not? Because we could have a long conversation. And by the way, I help people out of the Mormon religion, you know, but I'm like, there's these kids and they're just doing this, this thing that they feel called to do. And anyway, so I probably have a red X on my because I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I did say, 
I used to be Mormon. I'm no longer Mormon. In fact, I help people out of the Mormon church and have a podcast all around it. So I'm probably not the person you want to talk to. And I said it in a kind way, just kind of like that. But so I probably have yeah, an ex. Yeah, no, they, they will do it. They will totally be like, not worth your time. Please. Yeah, not, not happening. No. There's no there's no foothold here. Well, and it's just so interesting, too, because the missionaries who come to Utah are not the ones that we send out. Yeah. What and, do you mean by that? I mean <laughs> by, like, so even being raised not Mormon, in a very liberal church like my minister was transgender growing up my sunday school teacher was lesbian i was walking in the gay pride parades i was speaking for racial injustice when i was 13 because one of the congregants got arrested for being black at the wrong place at the wrong time so like tons of grassroots movements in there unfortunately now the unitarian church has swayed really far into a place where even now i'm like uh i'm trying to help you guys out and you're not helping yourself on the image yeah because now would be when we would have a huge increase of people Mm. wanting to join but they've gone a little far into like the anti white like they're just oh, really, really angry at the cis white gendered male right now to a point that <sighs> they're starting to cause separation which for me in my work everything is about realizing nothing is separate right i'm a know-it-all nerd because i was raised being allowed to ask those questions and was like mommy why is this story of krishna so much like this story of Ra? Mm-hmm. so much like this story of Jesus, Mm -hmm. so much like this story of, I can never pronounce his name, up in Finland, right? Like they were just, they were like all over the place. And my parents loved history and all of that. And they're like, because people move. Huh. But I've lived in the same house for 30 years. So that that was a whole nother thing. But the more, what I was saying about the missionaries we sent out, we have, I still ended up married and pregnant and with a baby by the time I was 20. Yeah. Living in Utah because that was what was taught. I didn't have a boyfriend in high school. I thought becoming Mormon was going to get my odds Mm -hmm, up. mm -hmm. Didn't. (laughs) Got kicked (laughs) out of the single. It didn't get you where you wanted to go. Damn it. Went back to. Your plan was foiled. And then my kid's father, my dear ex-husband, he um, he knew me from the Unitarian Church. We were 12. We knew had the same background. We were both weirdos in Utah, whatever. We started dating. I had an incident with antibiotics while on birth control and got pregnant and was immediately thrown into, well, if you have an abortion, then I'm going to leave you. Mm. My parents saying, if you have one, then we're not going to. How old like, were you? I was 19. Oh, yeah. So I was 19 years old, had a baby when I was 20, got married a couple of months after he was born and lived the suburban housewife life mm-hmm. until last year. Yeah. For, had two more kids during that time, mm-hmm. but my daughter's birth was the one that snapped all of it and changed yeah. all of that and put me back on the path of me then being like, dang, mom's hippie stuff was totally on point, wasn't it? <laughs> Shoot. How many years of like not communing with the goddess did I miss out on because yeah. I was in such like rebellion of like, nope, I don't want to believe in any of that, even though I could see it before my, like it was never really gone. Yeah. But, but those pieces probably have taught you what you're speaking of, of we're all, we're all things. Yeah. You, we're all a part of everything. Yeah. You have to be. And when we see the people that come into Utah on their mission, I see that in their eye, that they're really on like a mission. Mm-hmm. And when I see the guys come back, they're like, 
okay, I checked off the list. Next on the list, get married and have a baby. Yeah. Because that's what we're taught here. It, the, the amount of people I've talked to in the world, I had exchange students who moved here or who lived with us like several throughout the country, throughout my whole childhood. They all, like, no one really had an issue with the Mormon church. Like, they weren't, like, there wasn't really a big opinion about them. They were fine. But, like, there wasn't a very strong belief center that I would see. I would I would hear my friends in the LDS church repeating stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, fascinating. Because then I'll have friends that I'll meet who are from, like, Texas or from New Hampshire. And I find out they're Mormon. And I'm like, it, what? Because they're way different. Because they're so accepting and they're so loving and they're so not trying to shove funeral potatoes and the Book of Mormon down your throat at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird experience to grow up and be so like, oh, you're not Mormon. We can't be friends with you. Yeah. You're not invited to my birthday party. Yeah. You can't come on the boat with us. Like, such weird, weird rules Mm -hmm. just because I wasn't the right religion. Yeah. And then I saw it because the second I became the right religion, I was on the boat. I was at the barbecue. I was being invited to the cabin. I was doing all of the things. Mm -hmm. And it lasted six months. Hmm. And then I was by myself through the rest of high school trying to figure out who I was in a world where being Mormon was apparently still not good enough. No matter what I did. Hmm. I wasn't going to freaking fit in mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City. And yet somehow I'm still here 15 years later. So that's where I know that like God is telling me there's a reason why. And that's why I've had so many like, okay, when it comes to politics, Utah's actually a real, real good place to shake <laughs> some things up. Yeah. And there are, there's a beautiful counterculture here that, unfortunately does have a lot of anger in it Mm -hmm. but as we soften that through having acceptance of like people are just out where they're at Mm -hmm. some of us were raised really oppressed and then had to come out of it and others of us were not raised oppressed at all yeah and still have to like accept the fact that other people dealt with that level of oppression Mm -hmm. or just be okay that that's how our parents were wrapping it back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Like I could look at my dad who was raised Catholic in LA, look at my best friend's dad who was raised Mormon in Utah and look at her boyfriend's dad who was raised Mormon outside of Utah. Mm -hmm. They all are actually the same freaking person. Mm -hmm. By the way, we have a bet whether or not we should ever put the three of them in a room together. Oh, how funny. Just because they were all the, like, safety manager type guys or head of the shop. Like, at the end of the day, they were responsible of a lot of people's, like, safety and Mm well-being or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you hear them and you listen to certain things. You're at dinner with one of them and you're like, that was my dad that just came out of his mouth. That's funny. And it keeps happening. So it it is a... a generational thing so much more than what we put it into like just a religious Mm -hmm. thing. Oh yeah. The whole mindset and then just our relationship to God in general and whether Mm -hmm. or not like for years, I couldn't even say the word God. Mm -hmm. Like it just triggered me so much. Yeah. And now I'm like, goddess, universe, source, almighty, I don't know, big, then your relationships shifted. So now it has a different meaning. 
That's yeah. how it was for me. I couldn't I couldn't mm. read anything that had God until I got to a point to like, okay, God doesn't mean this anymore mm. that I was pissed at and angry at and hurt over. It now means this and has a whole other meaning, yeah. a whole other layer. So now it's like, yeah, yeah, your God looks different than my God and I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Or to realize that you are God and that you're completely and inextricably bound up in the intimacy that is everything. Mm-hmm is a other layer too. Like you're just experiencing yourself through the lens of another aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that level of like, yeah, you, you can make up whatever you, we're all out of our minds. Mm-hmm. So have a great ride. Yeah. <laughs> like live it up instead of, Oh, there's so many things that could be, that are just negative, that are yeah. so ang- – that to stay angry at, to stay in that separation, to stay in, in, well, she believes this and he believes this and this, that, and the third. Like, no, acceptance for where your neighbor is right here, right now, will actually lead to a conversation and can lead to a relationship mm-hmm. versus being like, no, you're wrong. You're in, You're having any judgment towards where someone is anywhere on any level of any journey. Yeah. Yeah, I find that the level of separation that's been happening the last few years is quite fascinating. And I think there's a there's a reason for it. I feel like all of us it really pushes us all to go what what are my beliefs? What are my truths? To what you were saying of people regurgitating the things that they are just told to do versus hey, why do I want to do this? Is this coming from a place within me or is this coming from external, you know, of something that somebody's told me to do in order to find happiness or eternal life? Right. And and really the self-resourcing piece, which would, it's so much easier to be pissed off at somebody else instead of really looking within of, geez, why am I, mm-hmm. why am I so triggered at this person? Because it actually has to do with you instead of somebody else. It's easier to put the blame on someone else. Right. Instead of, well... You well, know and then we get stuck in the loop of, well, I'm like this because of, mm-hmm. right? So that was where I was like, for, oh, I'm actually thinking that that's the lesson that I'm learning the most right now is how much I'm still doing this in places of, I, well, I'm like this because of my trauma. Mm. I'm like this because I was an only mm-hmm. child raised in a counterculture. And you, like, I could give you a whole reason why I don't or do X, Y, Z. Well, I think there's, but that is part of, that is true. And, and you get to change it. Yeah. Right. You get to literally decide, is that, even though I didn't choose those circumstances and like, okay, on a big giant soul level we did, but like human Karen did not choose a situation where her father was physically and emotionally abusive and her mother was highly codependent Mm -hmm. and was left often on her own to like emotionally console herself, which is the most baseline way for me to describe my childhood. Right. Because I don't want to, right. That's the more I could, but it would you would see me literally physically strain to reach into some of those memories that used to be immediately right there. Yeah. Because now, underneath all of those painful memories were all these beautiful ones. Mm-hmm. There was all this joy in these renaissance fairs and <laughs> going to concerts and going to the ballet and yeah. being able to just hang out with me and my parents and build 
puzzles and like all these things and watching how my dad related to his father near the end of my grandpa's life and how angry he's and bitter he still is at his mother Mm. is like i don't want to feel that way when you die yeah so i'm gonna do what i need to do to rectify our relationship in my own brain at Mm -hmm. least so that when that happens I'm not sitting here regretting the fact that I've been angry at you for 20 years. Yeah. Because I'm not angry at my dad. I know my dad did the best he knew how to do with the resources he had. I know that my mom did the best she knew how to do. I know that I'm teaching and repairing generations in both directions, which is why today being Halloween is just so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. That ancestral healing isn't just about you healing for your future. Mm -hmm. You can heal and other people around you that are from your past will heal with you. Yeah. Like my mom's being published for the first time. Good. And I hit three time international bestseller this year. So like amazing. Who did it for like, wow, you left your husband. Wow. You did all these things. Like, I can't believe you, you did this Karen. And you can see her like having conversations where she can conceptualize my dad being not around without her crumbling. Yeah. When a few years ago, her codependency was so intense. She's like, well, it's a good thing. Women, are seven years, like live seven years longer and I'm already seven years older than your dad. Like making some sort of comment that would be like, well, hopefully I'll go around the same time, whatever. And now she's like, no, I could like live a whole life. And whether or not it, it, like you can tell, like there's a timeline again, all those timelines in my head. She didn't start talking this way until after I left a marriage of 15 years. Yeah, it's so interesting. One, I I think on another podcast I shared this, but one of the pieces, I mean, that you're touching on is this whole seven generations. And mm-hmm. I used to get really, because I see it with client over client, all of us are always doing generational healing. Mm-hmm. Usually when somebody has a core in NLP, when somebody has a core limiting belief or limiting emotion, mm-hmm. it's 98% of the time, it's not from this life. It's from a lineage piece or a past life, mm-hmm. which those are really intertwined in my opinion. Yeah, But um. I was asking spirit once, like in a meditation of why on earth would we, in the constructs of creating this world, God or not God, whatever you believe, why would we choose to have trauma passed down through generations? Like, why on earth would we do that to mm-hmm. us? I don't want to pass, pass my shit down to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I was shown that when you find the gifts, because usually in order to unlock it, you find the beauty and what's underneath what that that trauma then created in you mm-hmm. or anyone has created strength and created beauty and created mm-hmm. self-awareness and autonomy and so many things that unless you had that experience, you wouldn't now possess. Right. So when we do the healing, I was shown that we actually unlock all the gifts that then get to move forward along with the, tra- the trauma being cleared. Mm-hmm. Now the gifts from seven generations get boom, 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 boom. So then let's do some math. Should we nerd out for a second? Nerd Walk out, Karen. Timelines. So if a generation is... 20 years. Uh-huh. That's 140 years ago. Okay. That's what you're looking at. So 140 years ago, where are we? Civil War? Okay. Yeah. Just think about like the average day in the life of a woman in the Civil War. Right? Survival. Yeah. Full on survival Food. mode. Yeah. Anyone around the world, you're still dealing with like whether or not you had tons and tons of money, you could get sick and die because we don't even have penicillin yet. Right. Right. When you look at the way that modern technology has literally in the last hundred years mm-hmm. allowed us to not worry about things that yeah. were daily horrors, like people wouldn't name their babies until they were two. Yeah. You know Isn't that I mean? interesting? Because like, they were so because afraid it was of. So likely. Think about mm. the like. 140 years ago, Utah was like just barely getting settled. 
and all of that. So it is fascinating when you think about that. And how quickly, this is why I'm saying when we start using quantum physics and you start using neuroscience and you start being able to shut down the timelines and realize that in a hundred years, we've had essentially, and at least in America now, are we at a point where this should be worldwide already? In my personal opinion, yes. Mm -hmm. But at least in America, where for the most part, people aren't worrying about whether or not they're getting diphtheria. Yeah. Right? They're not... They're not very concerned about whether or not they're going to have a meal. Mm -hmm. Now, again, poverty, homelessness, hunger, huge issues. Right. But it's not like what it was. What it was. It Mm -hmm. wasn't everybody because there was a time where it didn't matter. Again, your class, (coughs) your like your class didn't matter. Okay. Yeah. You could get a better doctor, but certain things you were just dead. Like, right. You just, just dead. Like there was nothing they could do about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, now there's things we could do about it. Yeah. So the fact that our medical technology and then our industrial tech and then our just tech tech, mm-hmm. like what, my kid was born the same year the iPhone came out and it's like, look at the, they now have flip phones that are the flat screens. Like, right. Why? It's crazy. Right. Like just in our own lifetimes, like I'm 34 and mm-hmm. I can't even imagine some of like when I think about how I used to rewind tapes with a uh, pencil, pencil or like record my favorite songs uh, from the radio onto said tape or make, right? make custom your CDs. Yeah. Like, right. You made CD your little mixtape here. I made you a mixtape because right. I like you. Right. Uh-huh. Like now we send each other playlists. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a fascinating thing to realize. Well, if we're doing that. Yeah. How much trauma are we now? Like, we don't have time to just sit on the porch and let ourselves process the day, right? We're not doing our healing work. Go look again at all of the witches that were burned. Those were tons of the midwives Mm -hmm. that then women were stuck not knowing how to care for their. There was this like dark age of medicine because we had gotten rid of all of the natural healers through a fear paradigm. Mm -hmm. So now you're coming back into this place where we're getting that knowledge back. You have all these new age hippie crazy people like me who are using oils instead of pills and Mm -hmm. who have been advocating for cannabis and other plant medicines for two decades and now we finally have a promise to hopefully maybe do something about it i mean the expungement and pardons of only ten thousand people when there's over 20 million with arrest records for simple marijuana charges just doesn't impress me sorry press and i i just actually saw i don't know who it was some i think she was in the wnba they're just in prison for nine years because in she Russia. was. Is it Russia? Yeah, in yeah. Russia. I was so hard for marijuana because for she's using it for. Carts. They found some cartridges in her luggage, and those are illegal in Russia. Uh, right. So, and in America, we just had President Biden say that he was pardoning all federal simple marijuana possessions. That's 6,500 people federally and mm. a couple thousand more in DC. It's really not that many people when you look at the fact that most of those simple marijuana charges are on a state or local level. Yeah. So he called the governors. He like asked them real nice if they would do the same things essentially. And then he asked the department and health and services, human services real nice. If they would maybe start looking into the process of how we could like reschedule it. Yeah. And he didn't decriminalize cannabis, but if you go and look at most people's Instagrams around October 6th, that's what the rhetoric was. Mm. That's what the story was. That's Mm -hmm. what everyone thought was happening. Well, but you have to listen to the actual news briefs. You have to go one layer further, but we don't have time. 
Yeah. We, or that's what we say. That's what we Mm -hmm. keep telling each other. Right. Right. But what fascinates me is if we've done all this stuff in the last hundred years Mm -hmm. and then we get a whole bunch of people like you, me and the people that we know that are like "Mm, quantum entanglement and squashing time and law of attraction and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You put them in the seats of government. How quickly do we get to a place where everyone on the planet doesn't have to be hungry, where everyone has access to clean water, Mm -hmm. healthy food, safe shelter, open source education, Mm -hmm. and medicine from east to west, north to south, whether it's natural or synthetic. Like there, Western medicine has its awesomeness, especially Mm -hmm. in emergency situations. Agreed. But also, I will definitely be putting comfrey root over my injuries before I'm taking uh, an ibuprofen mm-hmm. probably every time yeah just because i know that the natural medicine works it's it works. this fusion of the ancient and the future mm-hmm. is happening in those of us who literally before our very eyes have watched it happen yeah because we're this weird bridge of like weird <laughs> The 90s were weird. <laughs> the 80s were weird, right? It's- well, even the, I mean, just the things we've been through the last few years that did, I mean, speaking to time, I mean, we have been in such a generation of go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to work hard to get the things that you're wanting. And then we were all forced to slow down. Yeah. During, and during really, the whole thing. and what happened when we slowed down? We actually started, more people now are leaving religion and leaving different constructs that they chose into because they had time to actually go, wait, do I believe that this is true anymore? Right. And I and it is really interesting. I think that the busy mind, the busyness of the world is another construct to actually keep us from knowing our own selves and what we want. Oh, yeah. And, and also just realizing that like, there, like I, I say all the time, COVID killed all the bad marriages. I'm so grateful. So grateful that I got to spend that time because it took Oh, we're me- going through another layer of that. These eclipses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's, it's giving us the next layer of like probably all the attachment stuff that maybe you didn't even really fully process before. But during, for me at least, it took me like not even a full month of lockdown before I got the like hit from spirit like the reason why your business is not growing the way you want it to is because you have to get a divorce mm. and i literally threw up and i was like what yeah in the why right yeah. well i can tell you why because here we are two years later i've gone through i don't even know how many ego deaths and versions of dark nights of Oh. <laughs> Did you see my story? Did, I don't know if you were one of the ones that commented. I don't know how many more yeah. Dark Nights of the Soul well, I've got well, in yeah, me. Yeah, that was me. I was all like, <laughs> I hear you. I'm so there. So there. Because like, I keep saying it. Well, it's been intense. Since, well, really, it was. And then like, and I spiraled it out. And it was literally like my daughter's birth five years ago mm. would probably be like the biggest like. Yeah. Un- unassisted home birth, her umbilical cord snapped on exit, like Jeez. crazy initiation. And yeah. here I am five years later, understanding the, the energetic, emotional, mental, and physical ramifications of doing that as a woman in the 21st century. Because mm-hmm. less than 1% of births in the U.S. are already home births. And less than 1% of those births are unassisted. Wow. And most of the time, it's exactly the situation that I had where, like, it wasn't planned that it was unassisted. It's like you're driving in the car on the way to the hospital or your midwife is 15 minutes away because she remembers your other two births took over 24 hours. So she thinks she has time to go get the birth pool. No, did not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're right. But it snapped something in my psyche. 
Oh, I can imagine. It was like, you can do that. You, you were built for so much. So much. But you go and you have a conversation. Again, love my ex-husband to death. I've known him for 22 years. Yeah. We have three gorgeous children together. We'll never, never have a bad thing to say about him. He's the same person, though. Yeah. He's trying. You can see it. But he hasn't had a snap. He hasn't had something so big that made him think, huh, I yeah. wonder if it is me. And the reason why is even as someone who didn't play the the religion game, is very atheist, is very like Zen Buddhist, I am God because when I die, you all go away. <laughs> My world then dies with yeah, it. sort of thing. Yeah. And has been for as long as I've known him. He, he played the game of the patriarch and he won. And what I mean by that is he was raised by a single mom in a trailer park in the Midwest, bounced around from aunts to, to granny to whatever, while mom worked her various jobs. Dad left when he was three. Mom left when she was, he was Mm. 10 and then came and got him again, left again when he was 15, 18. We trauma bond together and we're having a grand old time with our, our situations. And then, but now, well, until I left happily married, Three kids, owns a house yeah. in this nice part, like suburbs of Salt Lake City, mm. like the good part of the town, has his cars, has his six-figure job. He won in yeah. his psyche. He went from a know-nothing trailer park boy to this. to having a six-figure job, owning his house, having three kids. Like, holy shit. And in a lot of ways, he did. He I mean, did. that is quite That's a major... The, that is mm. the American dream. I just mm. said it. The fact that he works for someone else is irrelevant because he loves his job. Yeah. Right? The only yeah. thing that would make it more American would be if he had his own business, right? right. He's a projector in human design. Being yeah. his own boss is not... No, not his design. not his thing. But he really loves his job in tech. And like his... That's he's so always He always has. Right? So it's like... how. How can I be mad at that? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's where I had to finally get on all of it, whether it be politics or religion or my marriage or my friend's narcissistic ex, like anything. Because how can you be upset when they were given a construct, they right. followed the rules, and they won the game? And if that's what, if that's how they want to live, to be right. happy, great. And yeah. coming from a place of love, a radical love for the self. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love you and I can't keep doing this. Yeah, that's why I had to walk away and why I walked away. Like, my three kids still live with him most of the time. Yeah. they I see them as much as I can. Again, beautiful relationship. Get to do all sorts of things that other people don't. But that was me. Yeah. When I was showing up, like, nails out straight for the jugular he went straight back for it yeah of course everything again that, that goes into that how reactive. i showed up was yeah. how he showed up so when i decided you know what we're gonna be in each other's lives forever yeah. we should be friends now we're friends and that's but that was me that was my power i'm the feminine i'm the one that creates yeah the masculine penetrates the masculine puts the sperm in there but then the woman incubates Mm -hmm. yeah the moment of birth that's a masculine action because you're Mm -hmm. taking like big push yeah the force but how much time in between like you said we were all forced to slow down you look at the education system so many teachers quit yeah so many teachers quit so many parents started to homeschool they opened up private tutoring companies and are making bank yeah they became tiktokers and are making bank (laughs) you know what i mean half of my tiktok 
TikTok account is all like our teachers. Yeah. They either left or are still in it trying to bring awareness. And it's this, I mean, TikTok, like, can we just come on? People make ridiculous amounts of money. I know. It's really fascinating. Around, and it's like, it's not, I, I have a theory and it's a little harsh, but as the people who we would consider boomers die off, we've already done the work there. I don't think that our children are going to be dealing with the seven generation situation. I hope I not. That's, that's why we're doing it, right? With us because we're watching it and it's just, it's ludicrous, right? Mm. You think, you look at some of the things that you're, right? It's ludicrous that she just chops off the ends of the ham. Like, how much ham is she throwing away? Maybe her pan is double the size. Right. right? But that's just how but her mom did it. But it's just how mom did it. It's just yeah. how grandma did it. Right? How are we doing that in our own psyches? Like, mm-hmm. I re- you and me, we both nerd out, look at these books. Like, you and I are both the same when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. And it, You've seen all my books. Yeah, I can yeah. see all. But I own half of them. Yeah, right? I'm sure. And it's this level of when we get loud enough, right? When we decide that our story is, is our story. It's, mm-hmm. It is what it is. But our myth is one that gets to be like sung from the mm-hmm. rooftops and like shouted from the mountain and they will know my name in the history book because I did the work. Yeah. That's audacity. That's audacious. That's all the like, well, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to have power. No, you, you do. You're mad yeah. because the patriarchy has it all. You're mad because a guy can walk in and immediately just declare the authority in a room. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but how does he do it? He does it because he's a dude. And, and that's how they've been taught. taught yeah. To do it. Yeah. But that whole paradigm is shifting. I want to kind of circle back on a few things. Yeah, One, um, I love that we're speaking to all of this because I think it's so important to really start asking the questions, especially for those that are listening that are deconstructing out of religion. It's not just out of religion. Mm-hmm. It is out of constructs in a major, major mm-hmm. way to the point of what we're speaking to of you're clearing trauma and clearing generational habits mm-hmm. and programming for seven generations. And that yeah. is freaking powerful. And something that is really fascinating for me to witness, uncoupling out of religion, uncoupling out of relationships, especially when there's codependency, especially when it's been home, mm-hmm. especially with whatever, will will hit your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And this is such a fascinating piece that I don't feel like is is spoken to or taught much of you will have a fight or flight response somatically happen to the physical body. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really interesting piece to be aware of. And usually people will take that as a sign to stop doing that thing. In all reality, you're unwinding and detaching from a system or a program or a relationship that has been so deeply embedded in the somatics of the physical Mm -hmm. body, the emotional body, the soul level. So to have awareness. Yeah. This is why, like, this is why I wish that I could work with all my clients in person because with all the body work background that I mm -hmm. have, I do clear so much physically from the body, just giving someone a massage, even if I'm not thinking about it. It's sitting in the cellular level and the tissues. Why you go to a body movement class and just stretching can make you cry. And there's a breathing can make you cry like intentional breath all of these things. So it's like, there's, there's a few pieces of that of one, when it happens, an emotional result or emotional response takes only 90 seconds to Mm -hmm. hormonally move through the body. So if you can feel a feeling and not think 
mm-hmm. for that entire 90 seconds, just ugly cry or scream or whatever. I heard seven seconds. Sometimes it's only, it's shorter. I think it depends on the depth of emotion that you're hitting, whatever that pocket is. It's the, I'm saying the actual physical, like watching a hormone. Oh, in the body. An adrenal, of adrenal system gland. Okay. I told you I'm a super, super, super. No, I love this. So you have, so a thought will come in, whether Uh it's a subconscious or a conscious thought will come in. That thought will then trigger your thigh, your thyroid or your adrenal to then release a hormone. Mm -hmm. It takes 90 seconds for that hormone to run its course through Mm. your body. And if you don't think another thought Mm -hmm. during that 90 seconds, you won't have another hormone dump. Mm -hmm. So if you can just, cry or scream or whatever for that full 90 seconds and not care why you don't activate your prefrontal cortex and needing to attach and understand what this is or why it is yeah you can clear not only will you clear the one but you will clear layers and layers and layers because all of these things that you have stopped before because you've been like nope that's not an appropriate thought right now or like why am i thinking this yeah will be what's wrong with me they will get yeah. out too faster. Mm-hmm. So this is why you can have huge shifts. Like I say that you can have a resurrection in 72 hours. Mm-hmm. My my full belief, and I'm working on creating the program to prove it. Because once you have that full like hard death day, yeah, within 72 hours, usually some miracle happens mm-hmm. in people's lives. Some crazy thing that they never thought would ever happen starts happening. Mm-hmm. And it's because they cried they rested, they set a new attention. And then the next day when they're about to go get started, it's already there. Mm -hmm. If someone else calls you first, you get that email, you get Mm -hmm. the invitation, like whatever. And it's only because you get the chance to feel all the things without caring why. Yeah. We spend so long, like, why do I have this belief? Where did it come from? Like, those are all important. Mm -hmm. But once you've built your new belief system, once you've gotten to the point where you're like, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. I'm out of my mind, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally okay with it. I really like myself. You get to that place and then physically, you still have to purge Uh all of the things that just never got out of your body well they were in they're in the cells they're They're in in the the cells they're in all of that and when you get to just release that in whatever way this is why ecstatic dance is getting more popular why you have more like rage rooms come on Mm -hmm. you did not have rage rooms five years ago no we did not let's, let's be honest we did not have rage rooms five years ago those things all are a result of us all getting stuck in our houses for two years yeah and being like, I have all these feelings, and I, that I didn't know go was there. Crazy, trying to figure out why they are there. Yeah, but instead, you can shortcut them mm-hmm. by just letting them out, letting you feel. just feel the thing when that random thought about how like creed cringy you were in ninth grade just randomly hits when you're like turning on the turnpike and you have no idea why it hit you instead of thinking why am i thinking that yeah just be like and just feel the cringe just like relive the memory in your brain breathe through it and be like 
Well, and almost welcome it in. Intense. Like, right, because that's how we instead move of repelling from it. inner child healing mm-hmm. to inner teenager healing. Yeah. Because when we can heal our inner teenager and we stop the mass rebellion that's going on, mm-hmm. that's that's why nobody wants to take seats in government, right? That's yeah. the reason why when I try to talk to my multimillionaire spiritual women who make ridiculous amounts of money it, practically in their sleep, they're not even thinking about politics until I start ta- saying something. Yeah. Cause they're, it's just so far removed. Mm-hmm, start is. with 2001, you go through the Obama era, like yeah. all Trump, like everything is just mm-hmm. like, no, we're not, we don't, we don't engage in politics. And then it's like, right, but you want your new earth commune. You want to have this beautiful space. You want to be able to teach people this, like all the things that you want, are not happening when the national guard can literally come in and right. shut you down. Yeah. Like look at the Osho documentaries, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, if you get big enough and loud enough, the government will stop you mm-hmm. and they will do so. Or so by sending in those brave to make us free. By not allowing by not you to allowing actually you be have free. your freedom versus yeah. Go start going to your city council meetings. Mm -hmm. Go run for city council. Go run for office. Go lobby legislation. Like here in Utah, we have a psychotherapy bill that is not acceptable. Um, HB 137, I believe it is. They're trying to lump all psychotherapy of all kinds into one task force and Mm. think that it's going to be okay. And people who are using ketamine therapy or psilocybin therapy are getting lumped in with those who are just using talk therapy. Like, Hmm. we are not the same. That's very different. It's a way for because the health department doesn't want to deal with it. And the Justice Department doesn't want to deal with it. Well, I think that that what you just said is actually politics at large for most people. It is. I've had more eye-opening when when you think you're safe, there's no reason to actually question your mm-hmm. government because we haven't had a reason to because we've been really blind to it. This is one of the beautiful things about when we have gone through the COVID era right. and just with where we're at in politics. And it's caused all of us to awaken to a place of, hey, wait a minute, what do I actually know about government and politics? For me, it was very little because I always I never voted. Mm-hmm. I always I never believed that I my vote mattered. And I've had so much more awareness. But even the things that you're speaking to is so sometimes when you dive into politics, it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You don't even know where to start. Right. And so I've been grateful that I I now I'm getting to know more and more people like you, like other people that are out there that are really vocal about what is happening. Mm-hmm. Granted, everybody has their viewpoints of how they see it. And so their passions with it. Right. But you know, for me, that's why I've been working on just like creating the system within Global Gladiators, which is like thing that I'm doing right now. The one year mastermind for entrepreneurs and CEOs that want to figure that out. Yeah, it's like the first, the first bit of it is very like civics 101. Like, yes, mm-hmm. there's mindset work. There's all these other things, but it's very like I kept playing the Schoolhouse Rock song, like I am a bill on top of a hill. <laughs> Like, because that's I don't know how, that they know that song. That's so oh, funny. Oh, yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. I'm sure a bunch of people on the podcast just laughed and the other half have, like, no idea what we were talking about. It's fine. But it was like, you know, they taught very simply how a bill gets passed. But your bill can die in so many different places. And if the person who is the Speaker of the House or is the Senate Majority Leader doesn't want to talk about it, it will just never get talked mm. about. So... <coughs> Your ability to be 
extremely just personable. Like you have to own your brand to a whole nother level because now you're being scrutinized. Plus Mm -hmm. you're trying to back legislation. Plus they're in your personal life, right? The, all the things you thought were going to be okay when you built a business, you're like, well, I could lose my entire business if I go do this thing. So that's where the mindset comes in. But the fear of having no idea how to do it is what I see more of. Like, I just want a PDF. Like people go and download, I have a free PDF of just like, how does a bill become a law? Yeah. And the amount of people that download that is like kind of ridiculous to me because I don't think it's ridiculous. I, like I said, most yeah. people have no idea, no clue. Yeah. And cause we've not needed to understand that's that. That's why it's ridiculous. Like I'm driving around seeing Sam Elias and freaking re-vote for him for house Rep- representative and Sandy. Right. And I'm remembering 10 years ago when my friend ran against him and set like houses two every two years. Hmm. So this dude, every two years for the last decade has been reelected house representative for Sandy city. Why? Cause he's got an insane amount of money. And for every one sign, anybody has ever been able to put out against him. He's got 15. Hmm. He's got brothers. He's got people. He's got the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. all sorts of ways that the government in Utah is all sorts of mixed up in things because they only play with their own teammates. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but you start telling people that and they start being like, that's not okay. Right. We just don't know until we know. Right. So now that's why like my mission is now like, okay, the dragons, (laughs) all the metaphysical things I've been learning for the last four or five, 12, 20 years of my life, 30 years of my life is really to get people to understand, like, you want to change the world, you need to change the rules. Mm-hmm. And to change the wor- rules, you need to become a rule maker. Yeah. You don't get to... Or even understand things. the rules and what your part is in it and how you right. can influence it. And understanding, like, even simple things, like, everyone says don't vote third party in the presidential election. Well, the reason why you do vote third party is because if any party over gets over 5% of the presidential vote, during any year, that party then gets access to national funding hmm. for their party. Mm-hmm. The issue is, is that you've got about 15 to tw- about 15 candidates for all the different parties on various ballots. Mm-hmm. But the only three parties for the last four presidential elections that have been on all 50 states. So that president actually had a chance of winning was the libertarian party. Hmm. Libertarian has Bad brand. Okay. They do not have a good brand. I am aware it's not great. But if they just fix their branding, yeah. they would get more votes because mm-hmm. they, they have to show like the, the Green Party's never been on a ballot where enough people, even if everybody in the state yeah. voted for that person, could actually conceptually become president. Mm-hmm. These little things, just little things that people could understand, like, no, we could change the whole world the next election by everyone actually voting for the party that they actually wanted to instead of just busting up between the two. Because the reason why they're getting all the funding is because nobody else votes for the third parties. You could have in one election 
you America go from a two party system to an eight party system based on all the people who don't vote, all the people who are like, yeah, I voted for Hillary, but that's because I couldn't stand Trump. Like my 92 year old grandfather voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. Last vote he ever cast, he was a Republican up until that point, but he literally could not bring himself to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. So he vote for the libertarian. And he didn't really know who it was. Probably. He just didn't want to vote for the other candidate. Right. And he just, and well, no, I sat with him and I explained to him <laughs> how libertarianism was actually pretty good. And as long as he didn't have an issue with the gays, I thought we were okay. And he's all <laughs> like, Oh, I don't have an issue with the gays. You know, there were some other things, so but like, I, that was it. I was like, here are some of the things that you might not agree with grandpa. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, those aren't that big a deal. It's okay. That's cute. Right. But he was so like, he had been a lifelong Republican yeah. and couldn't do it. Well, most of those lifelong Republicans just didn't vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they couldn't probably bring themselves to vote for either. Meanwhile, though, we have a president in office right now that's like, I visited all 54 states. Like the things that come, I'm just yeah. like, how, how, yeah. how has this happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. But it's doing it in a way and at a time that like the boomers are dying. Yeah. Like at, it's sad. And I know we can have a whole conversation about grief and losing our grandparents and our gra- and our parents. And also, like, we we haven't continued that, you know, more over 54% of millennials make their average income from being a freelancer. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. They don't even have real jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, my ex-boyfriend came to me and was like, you need to get a real job, Karen. And I was all like, why? And he started spouting all this stuff. And I'm like, you sound just like my grandfather. And what what is a real job? having another person be my boss anything anything that's a paycheck where it could be on the first and the 15th i get a paycheck Mm -hmm. that is provable and taxable so that if we were to this was like us having a conversation about possibly moving in together and it's like i'd have to prove that i can make money on certain days at certain times to pay the bills when i make more but yeah, you're right. I don't have a fifth and 20th paycheck. Right. I get paid all throughout the course of the in month. In various ways. And in various ways. Or simple things like manifestation. Mm-hmm. Having a house to live in that I'm not currently paying rent at because mm-hmm. it's a friend's home mm-hmm. was like highly triggering to this very smart sales rep mm-hmm. that I was dating. Like also, I'm very discerning. So if you get to date me, it's a privilege. Um <laughs> And just being fascinated by these these 1940s belief structures coming out of his mouth when it came to, like, we have to split everything. It's going to be hard. This is how it has to get done. You need to get a job. Like, this is what it is. And it's like, but do you want to go look at my like, – let's go look at my finances right now. Let me pull up my QuickBooks for you so you can see that I'm already doing that, but without the boss and without the nine. Right. Well, it's not about finances. Uh, it sounds like it's about finances. It's a, well, right? all of the things that you're speaking to are safety. And yeah, that I think is every- safety and it's all construct and it's all based on why am I thinking the things that I'm thinking? Well, and this, and I'm going to circle back because, and we're hitting, we need yeah. to probably wrap up here in a minute, but I love that you spoke to that moment of having your daughter of like something broken you of, I could do this. Mm-hmm. What else can I do? Because when, part of our constructs have been created in an illusion of safety. And the reason why we act from do anything dysfunction or functional comes from whatever we have created 
in our somatic and our belief system and our whatever that has taught us that, oh, well, it's kept us safe, even if it's shitty, even if it's dysfunctional, that has been your safety. So you'll continue to create it until you start asking the questions. Step out of this and go, holy shit, what else am I capable of? Oh, and my physical body's going to have a response too. That's okay. That's okay. We're deprogramming on all levels, especially the cellular level and especially in the epigenetics. Yeah, and when you look at organs and what all those different things mean, I mean, I love being able to know that like, oh, I'm having this response. What does this organ represent? Oh, I had this huge epiphany yesterday. Of course, my guts are kind of mad because I'm letting go and assimilating. That's what my gut are yeah. literally for lungs represent grief like they're yeah. all the organs do they, they have have their things kinesis fear and all that and something that you were saying about whether they're functional or dysfunctional just really quick it's really fascinating when you realize the moment of if you're raised in a very fight or flight oriented trauma state all the time mm-hmm. the idea of a calm steady life is terrifying it's scary and so you it's, will create so you will continuously create high levels of fight or flight until you realize like until you make the conscious choice that calm is safe yeah but becoming safe and calm when we don't have a society that's calm is now that next level we have to create a place that is more nurturing to people's coming out of these crazy shells that they've been in and having somewhere to catch them Mm -hmm. in a way that is like, I want a YMCA for healing centers. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Somewhere that we can just very easily, you don't have to look into it. You don't have to like, where is the Yelp for healers? Where is the like, like new earth directory essentially is what I've been calling it. Well, I, I thought, especially for what I have personally been going through the last six months, if I didn't have the tools and the resources of knowing what I know, good God, I don't know where I'd oh, be yeah, right now. Too. And I think that often to what you're saying, to what I'm saying with everybody that's listening, you don't know what you don't know. And we're being pushed in a way we have never been pushed. And so that's why there are those of us like Karen and myself and so many others that have developed these we get to reach out to healers, to people who can help catch us mm-hmm. and teach us, oh, yeah, this is okay that you feel scared as shit because you're asking to have something different in your life than than you've ever asked. So mm-hmm. it's going to trigger so many pieces within you. And you will probably try to keep creating self-destruct. You'll have mm-hmm. self-destruct buttons all over the place to your point of if you were raised in a highly traumatic state, you'll continue to create that highly traumatic yeah. state because that was oddly your safety. Yeah. And, and there's no reason why. And with all of that, just coming into this like acceptance, right? The place that I've been helping most of my clients move from is no longer from suffering to healing, but from this healing to co-creation or healing to thriving of like, okay, I get to go heal some things. Mm -hmm. I get to go do this experience. I get to have this crazy six week. Oh my gosh, I could write a whole novel on it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, it still is what it is. What did I learn? And where is that continuing to push me? And that's why having a huge, audacious, ridiculous goal, like being president of the United States makes all of the unwinding Mm -hmm. that we've been referring to just a little easier, I think. Yeah. When I have clients that have like just little goals, they when they're going through it, they're going through it. And it's not my place to just like 
Right. But when I have the ones that are like, I'm going to be an Emmy award winning, right? Yeah. Like the big things. When we go through it, it's like, okay. This, so, because I'm wanting to get here. Yeah, so of course yeah, I would. Of yeah. Of course I'm going to have to go through it. So that's one, like, if I would leave anybody with anything on this Halloween night, it's like, dream a little bigger. Yeah. What is the biggest dream you can dream? And then go back to the basics of quantum physics. If you can think it, it already exists. Yeah. And then just start like being that person now. How can I be the president now? Well, I can come to a podcast interview. I Mm -hmm. can do this. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. How can I be a multi-billionaire now? Yeah. I can be reading books. I can do that. Like there are things you can do now. Do the most of them to the best of your ability now. Mm -hmm. And it makes all of the the stuff from your past, the things that you right now cry and rant and rave and are so hard. Six There's weeks a reason from for now, it. Yeah. You could tell the same story and have no emotional charge yeah. through it because you let yourself grow rapidly mm-hmm. instead of sitting in anything. Yeah. Like, oh, once I've figured, okay, move on. Oh, I unblocked that belief and move on. Let's keep Take going. Take the actions. The actions are going to be the things that continue to reemphasize it. The actions are the key. Yeah, because that's where your cell, your muscle memory, all of that stuff comes in. And I love that you brought up the dreaming piece, and I agree with you. Have big dreams. And actually, even if you don't know what a big dream is, have something that your mind, your spirit, your energy is working towards. Because if you don't, and then you don't have anything, you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. then you won't be taking any actions because you have no idea where the hell you're going. The easiest place for me, even my fr- the clients that have no idea, well, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah. Start there. And even if it was a ballerina astronaut, screw it. Go take a ballet class. Go pick up Astrophysics for Dummies by Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Like there are ways for you to start. And do I think at 48, you're going to end up a ballerina astronaut at the International Space Station? Probably not. (laughs) But what an adventure. Right. Right. What And how fun. Right. And how many people you'll meet and what will you end up creating? Yeah. In the meantime, maybe you're really an artist. Maybe you're really all these other things, right? Just, Just do it. Well, I would love to offer the listeners that thing that you mentioned. I want to make sure and get the link that little uh, the, how to make how was a bill created. Yeah, and then you just co-authored a book. I'll link that. What was the name of the the title of the book? Um, Magdalene Code. Sweet. Yeah. So I'll make sure and link that so people okay. can have access to that. And then they can just find me at Heart Womb Heart Heart Womb. I love it. Leadership Heart Womb Leadership dot com. And then I'm the only Karen Terrace on the planet. With a C. Yeah, C A R Y N T E R R And I didn't exist until 2009, so I'm actually the only one that has ever existed. How interesting is yeah, that? So, I love it. I mean, that's like beautiful. I said, history books, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Heartwombleadership.com. And I'll, yeah, I'll definitely mention all this in the... Yeah. The show notes. Oh my gosh, it's been so fun. Yes. I love our conversation. I know. We always come so everywhere. I know. And this was this was definitely I you know, I did not think we'd be talking about politics, although I don't know why I didn't think that. That is so much a part of you. Yeah. Um, but we definitely went some interesting places. But I feel like all of this is is really useful information and really helpful and very supportive because I don't care who you are, we're all feeling the energies that are happening right now. And mm-hmm. and it's a good call to, hey, you're not alone in 
in this. Be there are resources, there are tools, Mm -hmm. you know, and reach out, find somebody to assist you in walking through this because we don't have to do this alone. Right. Social, I think the pandemic is really the thing that proved that to us. Like you have social media for a reason. Start adding like even my daughter's home birth. I had Facebook groups, yeah. I had donor milk moms for yeah. all of that. Like those resources exist, Yeah, but you have to be willing to reach out to ask for it. And you won't until you start really writing down, like I'm saying at yeah. the end of every night, what were the thoughts that I was thinking and why was I thinking those thoughts? Mm-hmm. Just start there and in seven days, your whole life could be different. Well, and my other thing I'd add to that with thoughts that I often do with my clients is asking that thought, is it even true? Is this true? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that thought's not even true. It's just an old program yeah. that's trying to come back in. Or like where it came from yeah. or any of those things. Yeah. yeah it's a fun it's exercise. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for spending time with me today. You're Absolutely. just amazing. Wasn't that a fascinating conversation? I love it when I have guests that come in and the conversation just leads itself. And most interviews are like that. And some are more, more in that way than others. And I did not expect that we talk about politics. I didn't expect that we talk about the astrals and the energies that are up and Sawan and, and so many things. And this podcast was one of those that I definitely enjoyed. And I'm sure that you did as well. To connect more with Karen, head to her website, heartwombleadership.com. I will link her free offering down below in the show notes, as well as the books that she has co-created. And so you can connect deeper with her if you desire. And then again, just a reminder to head to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash elevated mastermind to go join this group that's starting November 27th. This is an offering I will never do at this price again. This is crazy cheap, but it really feels to make sure that this is an available offering for everyone that is looking for something more in your life and really tools with how to get to where you're wanting to go, how to move through some of the discomfort, this disease, dis-ease in the body, and really to hone more and more of your skills. And then there's a lot of business things that are going in. I don't know how much of you know about my background, but besides being an NLP and shamanic practitioner and doing the one-on-one coaching, I come from a background of running a corporation, a company for over 12 years of my life. So I have a lot of business background as well, and I have a lot of really beautiful connections in that arena. So I'm excited to bring in some guest speakers that will be speaking to the group too This is, without a doubt, I could charge thousands of dollars for this mastermind. So join at $222 a month for three months. This is going to be a very powerful group. I highly recommend you lean in, you step in, and you join us. Head to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash elevated mastermind to join today. And with all of that, as always, know that you're not alone. And that we are all here to support each other. And where you can step into community, step into community. Don't allow for your fears to trump and to triumph moving into places that feel uncomfortable and and have discomfort. Step in. Find your community. Find your network. It's out there. Especially when we leave religion, we are looking for that on such a deep, deep way. So step out. See where you can connect deeper with people. And find find your new tribe. They're out there, I promise you, and you are not alone. Thank you for joining me today. Sending you all so much love.